we go to the library. Cinemodities, late night movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddies where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, normal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. And when I'm in my golf cart, you can call me Donnie. When I'm in my golf cart, you can call me Donnie. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's been a while since we've had a bonus episode, but of course, what better way to bring that back than with a celebration of Thanksgiving? And of course, if you have been listening to uh, our podcast in the past, you know that last year, Thanksgiving was noted by thanks killing. So we're bringing that tradition back as well. But before we can jump into our discussion for this episode, you know what we have to do, Zach, this Thanksgiving. We need to say what we're thankful oh, no. for. I, I was really hoping we weren't going to do this today. It's, how, what do you? <laughs> is that what you say when you, your family gets together for Thanksgiving? I was really hoping we weren't going to do this again. <laughs> I don't have a family. <laughs> so, do you want to start or should I start, Zach? Much like last year, Rob, I'm going to let you set the table, pardon the pun, for this year's uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving thanks. All right. Well, this year, I am thankful for as I am every year, the ability to speak. Not just for me, but for everybody, because without the ability to speak, how would everyone be able to prove how self-righteous they are and talk about what they're thankful for on Thanksgiving? That's never going to change. Every year, that's what I'm <laughs> thankful for. <laughs> but I did, I did have uh, an addendum, something else I wanted to discuss now that we've, uh, on our second Thanksgiving episode on Cinemodities, um, there were some other things I was thankful for. And I want to throw it out. Zach's probably not expecting this. I am thankful for Euphoria and bad media oh. in general. So Euphoria being the HBO show, which we've never discussed on this podcast um, explicitly. Maybe it's come up implicitly. But Zach and I hated it. Well, I, I think Zach hated it. I know I sure did. Um, Zach but- liked the first six episodes, then hated the latter two episodes, which tainted <laughs> his opinion of the entire show. Sure, maybe we'll get to that one day. I only remember the um, the carnival episode because that was visually interesting. <laughs> we don't eat carbs. We don't eat carbs. <laughs> Two, please. <laughs> hey. Hey. You not having fun? No. Yeah, me neither. You want to do Molly? Welcome to Pretzel Mania. Can I take your order? How many pretzels do you want? We don't eat carbs. Two, please. So I am thankful for bad media this year because, I, as I've, I think I've said before, you know, it's it's always good to have some bad so you can really appreciate the better, you know. Because if life's not beautiful without the pain, I'd rather never ever even see beauty again. And as life gets longer, awful feels softer, and it feels pretty soft to me. If life's not beautiful without the pain, well, I just would rather never ever even see. So thank you, Zach, for getting all of this bad media into my brain 
So I uh, can kind of desensitize myself, but when that really good thing comes along, it just rides that high even better, amplifies that high. And I think that brings me to the third thing I'm thankful for. As I've said many a times and truly believe in my everyday life, everything we do is literally killing time until we die. That's anything you ever do. That's what it falls under. So I'm glad, Zach, this Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for this podcast. Because even though everything is a waste of time, I'm glad we get to waste our time together screaming about nonsense. So those are the three things I'm thankful for this year. The ability to speak, bad media, and this podcast, and Zach, I guess, tangentially. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, Amen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Does that mean I have to say what I'm thankful for? No, you now. It's your turn. You have to say Uh, amen to end it. (laughs) Everybody's turn ends with an amen. (laughs) That's how it works, right? (laughs) Uh, Something like that. Uh, Folks, much like last year, too, I am thankful for the ability to edit episodes and remove everything you just heard if I was so pleased. Other than that, I have to say thank you to the Cinemodies audience. Earlier this year, I think Emily said when she emailed us that she she was, what, our uh, 13th favorite fan or 13th like listener. The joke we made was, can you please locate the other 12 first? We're concerned about their existence. And I think by now, between fans of Ember and the downloads, uh, we are maybe at like 13. Maybe. Maybe we've only broke the double digits barrier. I'm not entirely certain. But uh, unlike Rob, I'm not going to be cynical and smarmy about this. I'm going to say thank you to the Cinemodies audience for every week allowing us into their insert your location here and joining us as we just dissect and discuss all sorts of weird gonzo topics, much like tonight's episode. I I like that. that Amen. Thank you. (laughs) That was a a good one, Zach. Mine was, uh, you made my uh, thanks look very selfish this year, but... You know, it's all good. I do thank the fans as well. So, all right, we got that out of the way. Now we can start eating our Thanksgiving dinner. And, of course, if you've seen the title of this episode and if you listened to our Thanksgiving episode last year, you know that we have to discuss and are discussing the sequel to Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving 3. And... I, I want to start with this because ever since I found out about Thanksgiving 3, which was about a year ago when we were recording the Thanksgiving episode, I have fallen in love with the fact that I get to tell people that there's Thanksgiving and then Thanksgiving 3. And then they go, wait, what about Thanksgiving 2? And it is so fun to me to tell them Thanksgiving 2 doesn't exist, but it's a major plot point of Thanksgiving 3. I love that fact, just kind of that little tidbit of information. And I'm glad that we uh, survived a year to this Thanksgiving to be able to discuss a notably different movie from Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving 3. Before we jump into the finer details of Thanksgiving 3, uh, there was one thing I wanted to give an update on. I think both of us can give an update on. Since last year's episode where we discussed Thanksgiving, Rob still has never ghost ridden the whip. Oh, did you ghost ride the whip this past year, Zach? I did not. So both of us, we maybe next year <laughs> when we discuss Thanksgiving, the musical more on that later. Uh, next Thanksgiving, maybe one of us will have done it. Maybe we'll have done it together and survived, hopefully. Not likely. <laughs> so. All right. That brings us to the topic at hand. Thanks. Killing three. I was originally going to start by asking Zach his thoughts on this movie. 
And I think I'm going to do that kind of in a different way. Um, last year, I called Thanksgiving the definitive Thanksgiving movie. After watching Thanksgiving oh, 3 no. a few times, I've, which I've seen this a few times now, I still think the first one is the definitive Thanksgiving movie. I don't think Thanksgiving 3 does enough to take Thanksgiving off of its throne as the definitive Thanksgiving holiday film. What are your thoughts on that, Zach? Did it dethrone it? Is it underneath it? Is Thanksgiving uh, still that one you put on, you know, right after the Yule log or before the Yule log on Thanksgiving night? Well, I think we all know what I put on on Thanksgiving. It's the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> okay, okay. Come on, Rob. You know, you know where my heart is. I love cinematis, though, but... That's on the biggest screen. What about yes. the smaller screens screen. surrounding it? Thanks, <laughs> uh, Killing 3. I I definitely like this more than the first Thanksgiving. It's not as like again, I listened to part of our Thanksgiving episode from last year today, and Thanksgiving plays a little bit of a bigger role in this movie, but mm-hmm. still not as much of a focal point as you would imagine a film titled Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. But this movie kind of does a thing you want from a sequel in that it really is a bigger and better version than the first film. Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, I guess uh, that is exactly correct in terms of which I agree with it. But I guess we should set the stage. Thanksgiving, the first one, demonic turkey comes back every five hundred years on Thanksgiving. Excuse me, Rob. Excuse me, turkey with an IE. With an IE, not the country. <laughs> every five hundred five years, come back to get revenge on the humans for the concept of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving 3 takes the meta aspect where, as far as I take it, Thanksgiving 1 and 2 exist as movies in the Thanksgiving 3 universe. And, like, Turkey, i.e. not the country, is actually a demonic turkey in real life that has a family, like a sitcom family. Yep. Um, and, you know, he has co-stars and, and the, the concept of him making movies is a known thing in this universe. Um, but as it turns out, the plot of this film, I guess loosely, is... All of the copies of Thanksgiving 2 were cursed by Turkey, i.e. not the country. But that movie was so bad that the I think they say the government destroyed all the copies of it and threw the final copy in the trash. And Turkey, i.e. not the country, is trying to get the final copy so he can curse the world type of thing. Is that, so is that what you gathered? So or? that's what the plot of this was. There's also a puppet. <laughs> that isn't a puppet, but it's the basis of all puppets in human existence that lost its mind. Mm-hmm. It and lives in the trash. It's like the foil to Turkey, i.e. not the country, in some kind of way. And then there's Uncle Donnie, which is who I referenced at the beginning of this episode, who's just an angry colonialist in, in 2012, right? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, we're going to have to get... There's so many characters I love in this movie. Flois, the rapping Flo- grandma who's not a grandma, as the movie points out, because Jefferson is her son. Can you imagine not being allowed in Thanksgiving land for ten years? I can imagine it, because it sounds like a fucking horrible idea. At Thanksgiving land, there will be no handicap accessibility. Okay, back then the handicaps didn't make it. Guys, no quickie cuts, no fast passies. We wait in line at Thanksgiving land. Why? You will wait in line. Okay, that's the way they did it back then. Pilgrims are notorious line waiters. 
They waited in line for everything. Listen, guys, in regards to the Gravy River, you can float on the Gravy River. Do not dip any food into the Gravy River, okay? That's gonna be a temptation. Donnie and I have discussed the logistics of this. We think we can still make it work, but you can't be dipping your nacho chips in the gravy. Hey, Mom, don't do that D'Angelo thing. That's what I'm talking about, where you smell your pussy like that. Uh, oh. <laughs> Uh, so, so I guess with that being said, we've loosely laid out the plot. Not surprising. Most of my notes are the things that I found ungodly hilarious about this movie. So I guess I'll throw it over to you, Zach. How do you want to break this down? How, how can you break yeah, this uh -huh. down? Yeah, exactly, Rob. How are we going to break this down? Rob, Rob again, like, pulls the pin on the hand grenade and hands it to me. And it's like, hot potato! And it's like, <laughs> and it blows up in my face, very Daffy Duck style. It's like, thanks. Uh, how we do God. it. Yeah, that's how we do it. Uh, when I was watching this, like for the first, like I, there's certain aspects of this that I genuinely loved. Yet this film is just so, so bizarre at times and absurd. Like yeah. this definitely falls in, under like the category of Wonder Showsen. Oh yeah, I even got a Wonder Showsen vibe from some of the stuff in the beginning. Oh yeah, oh yeah, this is very Wonder Showsen esque. And as I was watching this, like, and some of the, like just the imagery is so surreal and at times like over the top grotesque mm -hmm. and, and like gory but yeah I, I i don't know where to begin with this like i a lot of times like, <laughs> I, I had on like god i got to about like the 55 minute mark and i had to pause and be like what the hell have i watched for the last half an hour I had to stop and like kind of like go back to like the 20 minute mark like, okay i gotta watch it again did your hand reach for the death wish dvd <laughs> No, because I, okay. I, I wanted to like this. And I think I do. I think I do enjoy it. But it's in the same kind of realm as a lot of things on Cinematis where I admire it, but I'm not sure if I like it. Oh, and whereas okay. my opinion like changed on, I think during the Wonder Shows episode, I compared it to staring into the sun. Yep. I think this is very much the same like thing. Except where I think Wonder Shows has a purpose the more you watch it, which I know is contrary to what I said back in August. This, I feel, the more you look at it, I don't think there's that much trying to be said. Um, I, everything tries and fuels the plot. Like nothing here is just abstract for the sake of being abstract. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of flourishes of trying to be cool. A couple of times, there's like, uh, oh god, EDM music videos. Like we get like <laughs> what three or four EDM music videos in this film. Yep, yep. And that stuff is neat. But there's like some of the characters again. Everything in this film looks great. Like much like I said with Thanks Killing, Thanks Killing achieves what it wants, and this is a bigger and better version of Thanks Killing. Mm -hmm. And I think it succeeds at that. Like I, I I look at this and I don't see any technical like oh god uh, inefficiencies or inadequacies. Like this movie com it kind of accomplishes everything it wants to. But the only complaint I have is that, and I guess it's because they're working with a lot of puppets, the camera is zoomed in too much most mm, of the time. Where yeah. I never I never get the establishing shots that my brain needs in order to like kind of like calm down. But yeah, I have no idea with this. I have no idea how Rob's gonna discuss this. I don't even know where to begin. I don't know any of the characters' names outside of Turkey, i.e. 
not the country. And that's kind of, that's it. Like, I really, like, this is going to be one of those episodes, folks, where Rob's going to talk most of the time. I'm going to be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I like that part, or I don't get that, or, oh, so that was what was going on during that portion of the movie. Oh, because, yeah. like, I, I, I can describe all the characters, but I can't tell you any of their names. All right, buckle up, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I, you, you bring up a good point that I, I think is a good place to start. Um, the way I put it in my notes is there's just a little bit more production quality in this thanks killing than the first, just a little bit non sarcastically. This is clearly a better made movie than the first one in terms of a quality, um, because they had more money and I don't know if Zach did the looked into this, but thanks killing three was a crowdfunded movie. It got Kickstarter, a Kickstarter campaign and made like a hundred thousand dollars. And that's what they used to create this movie. And as I've watched this movie over and over, and I want to see if, if you think this is a, an apt description of it, it seems like they tried to use as much of that money that they had as possible. Because there's so much in this, you know, like in the beginning, there's this, the, it switches to 2D animation of the Meow Mir, you know, cat with the, the catnip or whatever. Um, there's a random commercial for string cheese at the end of the movie. Uh, the rapping grandma post credit scene that I don't know if Zach watched the whole way through to get to that. So I kind of got the sense that just everything in this movie was pushed to the max. They had ideas. They wanted to get them all in, in here to use up that money. I, is that something that you could kind of see maybe in hindsight from this? Or I don't know. Did oh, you look into oh, how it was oh. created? Well, there's not a lot of information on this film, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, much like how I do every episode, I go and try to investigate how much... Uh, ancillary discussion is about the topics we cover on yeah. cinemodies um on all of apple podcasts there's only three podcasts devoted to the first thanks killing cinemodies being one of them and zero about thanks killing three so once again we're breaking new ground rob we have an exclusive here oh yeah but even on youtube i couldn't find any discussions no like breakdowns the only thing i could find is like a uh, a montage of all the kill scenes <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> and that was it but but no no analysis no even like re like generic reviews like i like this movie or i didn't like this movie because not enough turkey i.e not the country and that's kind of it though but no but going back to your point about the production value yes i think the the hundred thousand dollars is on the screen i there's yes. nobody nobody was this was not an adam sandler production where people were kind of like stuffing their underwear with hundred dollar bills this is like everything. Like I think they. I don't know. We have to talk to the director to know this for certain. But I don't see any instance where a vision wasn't realized. Like yes, yeah, some of the effects are hokey, but I think a lot of that is intentionally done because that's the style they're going for. And the one thing I will disagree with you is that I think this film, Thanks Killing Three, looks light years better than Thanks Killing One. I, I think I'm with you there. It looks much better. Yeah. Yeah, I think it looks much better. Like, I was watching, even like, uh, again, folks, I don't know the character's names. So he's got to correct me each time. But even the grandma character, like, she is horribly, like, grotesque, and it looks oh. wonderful. Lois, yes. Flois. Because we get the great scene where Donnie calls her Lois, and she's like, God damn it, it's Flois. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, just, she's perfect looking. Um, what's the puppet's name? Yomi? Yomi, Yomi. Like the, our protagonist? Yeah, Yomi. Yomi looks great for what she is. Again, everything's meant to look crude and kind of like rough around the edges. And there's a brilliance to that when you're working on a limited budget. And even uh, what Muff and what Rhonda, 
Yep, Muff and Ronda Worm. Yep. Yep, Muff and Ronda Worm. Yeah, they were great too. And then even the beginning where we have Turkey, i.e., not the country, his family, his wife and kid, and the whole like bickering between them, like in the very stereotypical like 80s sitcom like house location. <laughs> that was wonderful. Like I love that like entire sequence, even up to the point where Turkey IE uh slices the wife right down the middle, and then he sits there like uh Oh God, what would, what would you call it? He does a um, woman, the hat and the true knot. Uh, he sucks the soul out of his son's body. Oh, and, yeah. and so he can insert it into the DVD of thanks killing too. Like that was great. Like that's again, I think when the plot is allowed to uh, be coherent and mm-hmm. it's allowed to get some oxygen, I think the movie is wonderful. I love those portions of it though. But so many times there's just so much nonsensical stuff just being like dumped poured uh it's it's like it's incomprehensible like i like i'm on board with you movie i love what you're getting at though but you're throwing so much nonsense in my face i'm having a hard time tracking everything and yes i some of those nonsensical moments are wonderful like where i like uh ronda the worm will say something and it's hysterical like oh what's he say the um the 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 early worm catches the bird oh yeah it's like yeah that's great i love it but sometimes, though, like, we'll just have just, like, characters just spouting, like, bumbling nonsense for no other reason than just, let's just put nonsense in here because it made us laugh during editing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where, you know, for me, that nonsense it, uh, definitely comes at you fast. But, you know, it, it kind of lines up with what I'd said uh, a lot before. I love types of comedies where I'm laughing so hard at one line that I miss the next lines. And so it's worth it on a rewatch type of thing. And that's how I've always kind of seen this, but it does grate on me a little bit, you know, especially with the, you know, uh, did they beat Turkey? Nope. Turkey comes back. EDM dance video, (laughs) (laughs) rave lights, you know, battle scenes. And it's like, okay. And you're right. When the plot's there, that's when it's interesting for sure. Yeah. I don't even know if it's the plot. It's just when it's being coherent. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Yep. That's the problem. Like we have so many like weird stuff that's just like not there for any other reason. And just like, ha 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 ha. And the weird thing too, is that like the first film is what? 63 minutes long. Yeah. It's and just th- about an hour. And like, this is a hundred minutes long. Yeah. And you could very easily trim like 25 minutes out of this. Oh yeah. And make it a much better movie and still be like goofy and zany. Definitely. Definitely. And I, I, that's kind of, you know, what I thought when I first started watching it, but especially leading up to this recording, it was kind of like what we said before, the hundred thousand dollars is there on the screen and they were trying to milk everything they could out of it. And I, I'm, I'm happy with that. You know, I'm happy with the, the finished product, you know, even if some parts are a little lagging and kind of thing, it, it, it works. Like you said, it, uh, it succeeds at being a sequel to Thanksgiving. Yeah, because even like there's some portions that like even I again you probably can't explain it better than I can. But when it comes to Yomi and her like cat backpack, and we have like animated sequences with the cat like characters from the backpack, and it's like why why is this here? Why, why why do we need this other than just like nonsensical joke insert here? Yeah, yeah. The the cat and the meow mirror the cat and the backpack is the one thing that is like. It, it seems very loosely related. And I think they even realized that because at the end of the movie, when Yomi's in the vortex, all of her um, people she's met, like other puppets she's met have appear. And, you know, the rats are like, Yomi, come smell my, our buttholes. And the trash is like, it's time to move on, Yomi. And then Meow Mir shows up and he's like, I'm a gay cat. Come to me, Yomi. Come to me. 
know me, my butt's just right for sniffing. Come on up and do it. Come on. Come on, oh, you. Yeah. I think I got a sexually transmitted disease from those gamers. <sighs> Yumi, get your shit together and come get trashed. I'm a gay cat. It's just like, okay. I think it's just kind of like gathering the pieces that you need where like the trash person, the trash bag gives her the um, Thanks Killing 2 DVD. The cat gives her the backpack, which lets her carry it. And then knowing about the cat also lets her talk to Donnie. Because remember, Donnie had that one scene is like, have you ever heard of Meow Me or the cat? And he's like, my son used to watch that all the time. And so it's like that causes them to meet up. And so it's kind of like, they're very, very briskly trying to like set up the origins of her quest. Uh, okay. I've always taken it that way. But yeah, he's a Meow Meow's a gay cat. Folks, I want on the record. This is the this is the most amount of thought anybody other than the director has put into this film. <laughs> I, definitely. <laughs> Rob, congratulations. Somewhere there's a Guinness World Record like for you, where it says most amount of thought put into Thanks Killing Three. <laughs> No one has ever put that much thought into this movie besides you right now. I uh, I don't doubt that. <laughs> but no, but you do have some great, like, again, you even have, what, Jefferson, who's head of security of the Thanksgiving, like, theme park. I warned has- you, mother, no technology at the table, you get the long pike. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on 13th wheelchair, hella clean, I used to knit and sew, but now I'm off that BETV screen. <laughs> Tit dirt, Jefferson! I warned you, mother, no technology at the dinner table or you get the long pike. <laughs> yes, and it's like, what is, and what she say? She's a butter knife with a broom with a broom handle taped to it. Yeah, and then she she says, is that a, I think the flowist says, is that a, is that a, st- a broom handle with a butter knife taped to it? And he's like, no, it's a long pike. I'm getting the real one in the mail soon. And then like a few minutes later when Yomi shows up, Yomi says, is that a butter knife with a stick taped <laughs> yeah. to it? What are you, buttering bread eight feet away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that- Jefferson, back to your post. Hmm. Yeah, back to your post. Call me little bitch! Ow, 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 ow! Hey, what is that anyway? A butter knife with a stick on it for buttering toast eight feet away? This thing is making me so mad, Donnie! Come on! Again, that's the thing. There are some genuinely laugh out loud great moments in this, but unfortunately, they get lost. Because like even like I, did, I watched that and I thought that was a hysterical line, but mm-hmm. I completely forgot about that because we have sequences of like two rats smelling each other's butts, trying to figure out what cheese they ate. Yes, and yeah. it's like again, I get the non like kind of the absurdism. I get that. I think that's one thing Cinematis has figured out for the most part is the uh, absurdism in this sort of like specific genre of just media but you're watering down your good jokes for like singles and that kind of and that kind of just eh. like that's the sort of stuff that turns me off it's like you got sometimes learn when to keep your powder dry fair not everything has to be the shotgun approach i i definitely agree yeah absolutely um yeah you're absolutely right though i'm thinking of you know there's so many like every character almost becomes a stereotype in the sense of this movie where it's like once they're established, like once Rhonda Worm is established as a bisexual sex addict, like that's the only jokes you get from Rhonda Worm. Yeah. And it's it's like I don't have a problem with that in and of itself. But when you get to, like Zach said, a hundred uh, minute movie, it's just like, come on, you know, we don't need another 
like anal sex joke from this worm and muff type of thing. It's like I yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah, this this film definitely could have been edited down a little bit further. Oh yeah, but while while we're on that the long pike scene with Yomi and Jefferson, I also love the line in there where Yomi shows up and she's like, "Where's my mind? Where's Thanksgiving?" And Jefferson like like grabs her and it's like, "Who are you? What are you doing?" And Donnie says something like, put her down. That's just Yomi. And Jefferson looks at Donnie and goes, I know these types. This little bitch will be in and out of jail all her life. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God. Security. No, hey, no, 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 what are you supposed no, 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 to be? You stop right there. Help. Yomi, what on earth? What? I'm trying to find peace of my mind. You said it was at Thanksgiving, right? Jefferson, put her down. <laughs> I know these types. This little bitch will be in and out of jail all her life. <laughs> that's what i mean though there's great lines in this yes absolutely uh, that's the problem though is like I, that sequence is pretty good even with uh what flow floisa flow i'll get it right eventually lois uh, with the flow yes and that's what i mean though there's there's great moments there and even like toward the ends where uh, jefferson is it, like greets everybody to um like heaven, every single person <laughs> dies. He greets them to heaven until we get to Yomi. And what's he say? You want to get into heaven? Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, that, that stuff is great. But then we have like this, like the weird stuff with like Ronda Worm and Muff. And then like, oh God, was it the Muff in the in the control tower or in, like in front of the computer? And it's like, oh, something, something, something. Like Mandy Moore. Wait, why are we talking about Mandy Moore? Oh, I was listening. Mm-hmm. When I was building Muff. I put, I dropped the latest uh, Mandy Moore CD into his memory banks. Yeah, and like it's like oh, like I it's irreverent humor. So ha 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 ha. Yeah, I didn't get that in the slightest. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, again, it's irreverent, and that's I think the beginning, middle, and end of the joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the kind of part that just kind of like frustrates me because there's, there's a nice portions of this movie where we'll go a while with that. And it's just like, okay, irreverent, nonsensical, like plot and humor. And then, oh, we're back to the house or up. Oh, we're also doing this. And then even like the sequence we have in the woods where we have what the uh, Gandalf Turkey wise Turkey. Yeah. Wise Turkey. And, and then like you have that though. And he's sitting there just spouting expository dialogue. And then we have the two little baby birds. He's watching as the two of them are just sitting there. And again, I love the crudeness of the effects where it's just two little like bird figurines you can buy at a craft store on like a, like a black a, a black painted dowel rod just like bouncing around yeah and they have some, they have some great one-liners oh yeah that was i of course wrote it down it's the wise turkey starts talking and it cuts to a close-up of the two like sex and bird figurines and one of them goes and you know they're, they're supposed to be like baby birds so they have very high-pitched voice and it, it, the voice acting is perfect and they're like well, why is Turkey's telling a stupid fucking story? Do you want to learn how to fly? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh my God, that's amazing. You know, they're, they're poking fun at the, like Zach said, the exposition dump scene. Sounds like the longest, most boringest story ever coming up. Hundreds of years ago, wise turkeys like myself guarded the land. Members of the Featherin, we prospered. All hey, baby, well, why is Turkey's telling a stupid fucking story? Oh, you want to learn how to fly yes. with me? Watch, I learned this today. Yes, what, 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 what? Before the hunting, the plucking, and the stuffing plagued us. <laughs> I want to tell this next part. Yeah, and that's the sort of stuff that, if you're going to do that, you have to be very, again, brevity is the soul of way. Uh boy. But yeah, like, again, the whole fact that, too, even what Turkey gets caught in the uh, the machine, and it's like, okay, we know he's coming back. 
and we yeah. spin our reels for what half an hour until he comes back. And then we have another sequence where we have to defeat him again, where he's uh, what decapitated, mm-hmm. and it's like okay. And then like they're all being sucked into like the space vortex. Yeah, there's and... a video game sequence. But even that, I thought was at least that was a little bit different. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had nothing, nothing against that. What he said, like the line is like, "You wised morphed me into a video game system from 1993." <laughs> yeah, and then there's also the weird stuff too. The fact, like every time we cut to what Yomi or Muff's legs, they're both being like puppeteered, and it's like, "Why are you walking funny like that?" That's just that's just how I walk. Yeah, and then, like I know there's one point with like uh, Ronda Worm and Yomi, and it's like, "Did you step in something? You're walking weird." No, that's just how I walk. And you see the fact that like, it's like one of the very few times we see the puppet from like the waist down. Yeah, yep, yep. So. Yeah, I guess I guess that's something I did want to bring up. Um, as we've already mentioned, you know, the, the quality of this movie. I love the fact that all of the wires and stands for the puppets are like not hidden in the slightest. I I really enjoy that, you know, especially at the end when Yomi goes through the vortex and her like hand falls down and Donnie like cuts the <laughs> wire to be able to hold it. <laughs> yep. like, I I like Zach said the 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 rods holding up the birds and and Rondo Worm like I I love that kind of you know uh, it's 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 loose around the edges it's coming apart at the seams almost is how I thought about mm-hmm. it and I love that it's never addressed it's just kind of like yeah we, these are puppets deal with it. <laughs> Well, you're playing in. He's pl- the director's playing into the low budget nature of the film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that I have no problem with that. What I agree with you, like you said earlier, I do have a problem with the crazy close ups and zoom ins, especially near some of the, at, like with Frank and Turkey at the end. Like that's a big. From what I read, that was like a dude in a suit uh, and, and like you know walking around trying to chase those puppets out of Turkey Hell or whatever they, they wherever they were. And it's it's like I would love to see more of that, but everything's just cuts to people's faces and really zoomed in, and that's more bothering than seeing wires and stuff ever will be to me. Yeah, there's a lot of tight shots. Like even like when you look at like shots of of Muff, and you know that's a guy in a suit. Yep. And yet we all he's filmed almost the exact same way as Yomi is. Everything is a tight shot of the waist up, and it's like why? Clearly, it's a guy in a suit, but you couldn't sit there kind of zoom out a little bit more. Yeah, it's so it makes it feel so claustrophobic. Yeah, it's, and that's kind of like on a subliminal level, it turns you off from the movie. Yeah, that's yeah. When it when it's the quick cuts of close ups that is always jarring to me. It's like yeah. you know, it's like when a when Cloverfield came out in theaters, my mom couldn't stand it because it gave her motion sickness. <laughs> like this almost gave me motion sickness. Well, yeah, like I, uh, comparing it to Thanks Killing is that Thanks Killing Three is a better film in pretty much every sense, except it's are you it's, are you saying to Thanks Killing One or Cloverfield? No, no, thank no. Cloverfield's awful. No, no. Okay. Um, no, Thanks Killing Three is a better film than Thanks Killing One, except in just the viewing experience. Mm, that's a that, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, and that's kind of my biggest problem with this. Like, I'd love to rewatch this, but it feels like the filmmaker, whoever was operating the camera, didn't know what they were doing. Uh, yeah, yeah, you definitely get that vibe, and that's yeah. that's like that's the only thing. Like you said at the start, that's the that's my biggest complaint, probably my only complaint with this movie. Yeah, because I like I I pretty much like everything else except for the fact that you could cut some of the jokes out. Yeah, um, some of the more irreverent stuff. But no, it's that's kind of my two biggest complaints, like you. But you you kind of there's no way of fixing that after the fact. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Both of these things are kind of like baked into the film, one more worse worse so than the other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
I guess while we're on the topic of the movie not uh, hiding the fact that people are, are these characters are played by puppets and things like that, uh, one of my favorite sequences in this movie is after one of the EDM music videos where there's a fight scene, I think between our heroes and Turkey and then the Turkey skeletons that Turkey oh, yeah. revives, where they go through this whole battle scene and Yomi gets hurt somehow. And Yomi's like, like I think Donnie thinks she's dead. And they start talking. Donnie's like, oh, no, Yomi's dead. Like, what can we do? And Rhonda Worm goes on that exposition where she, it's revealed that Yomi is a type of species of creature that inspired the concept of puppets and plush toys in our reality. What do we do? Meh, she just needs a hand. You do realize what she is, don't you? Mm-hmm. You people from Earth don't know nothing. Look around. Every goddamn stuffed toy on this planet is inspired by her. She's... She's a puppet? Uh, no. This is what puppets are based on, man. These things have been around for centuries. You just don't see them. Go on. Really? For real. Don't be a wuss, Danny. Like, I love that idea that it's just like, oh, th- this looks like a puppet, but it's like this extra dimensional puppet that like inspired the creation of puppets as we know them. Great, great idea. But they play it even further because Uncle Donnie has to stick his hand into Yomi to revive her <laughs> because she's a puppet. And he plays it like, oh, my God, I'm violating my friend, but I have to do it to save her. And that's such a neat idea. And it's kind of like, you know, the the quickness of it. And it's only that one part of the movie. I think that's what makes it work so well. If the whole movie was about, like, the importance of Yomi, which it isn't about at all. She's just there and lost her mind. That's that's just all the setup we get. I, I love that little touch where it's like, here's some weird mystical rules that you ne- that don't relate to the turkey that I find really interesting. Did that s- uh, sequence stand out to you? Yeah, this def- oh yeah, the, the hint of, uh, what's his name, reviving her is definitely one of those sequences. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there is, yeah, that's what I mean. There, there's a lot of word uh, eh, world building here, but it gets lost, because like, you don't know how much of it's like world building and then how much of it's just like nonsense. Because we do have what the, uh, what's the, the machine, the stuffinator? The pluck master. The pluck master. Which also that, talks, yes. <laughs> yeah, which is its own character later on in the film. And it's like, oh God. So it's like you have, like, you have all this weird nonsense that I guess is world building. But then we have the genuine nonsense that doesn't mean anything. And then we have characters who we didn't think were characters and just thought they were kind of like, like plot points or like things to move the plot along earlier on. And it's like, Oh, you get lost in it all. That's mm-hmm. my problem is that like, you don't know what is what, because the film's just trying to be so eccentric that it's trying to do everything and at the same time ends up being nothing. Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't even know how, I wouldn't know even how to describe this to somebody. Someone's like, Oh, what's the genre of thanks killing three. I'd be <laughs> like wonder shows in. It's like, yeah, that's it's it's really one of those things that it's it's tough to to summarize. And I think when I first watched this, which was maybe a week or so after we recorded our uh, Thanksgiving episode from last year, I'm pretty sure I remember saying to you, Zach, like this movie is is significantly different from Thanksgiving, 
And the way I described it after seeing it once was that it had um, not a vibe of the Happy Time Murders, but a very similar, like, puppets oh. and humans interacting with each other. I still have never seen Happy Time Murders. I would imagine that's a little more coherent than this film. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, that's kind of what... I guess the the motif or the visual motif of this movie, that's how you could describe it to somebody? Yeah, no, no, I think you're right, because something like The Happy Time Murders is not, I think that was one of my biggest complaints, is that the film isn't, like, zany enough, it's a little too grounded in its premise, oh, okay. and then you have something like this, which is the exact opposite problem, where it's just, it's not grounded at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there needs to be a, like it's weird to say that in a uh, puppets and humans interacting with each other film, there needs to be a little bit more of a uh, grounding yet a fo- again zaniness, but with a focus on what the story is. And neither one of that did particularly well because again, like we said, Happy Time Murders is mo- more coherent, but it's mm-hmm. a boring movie. This okay. is really never boring, but you kind of lose track of it. It's just it's after a while it becomes sensory overload. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, would you, which one? I because I think you've seen Happy Time Murders. I think we talked oh, yeah. about that. Which one, Happy Time Murders or this, is more sexual? Would you say? Because I know that's how Happy Time Murders was. I I'd say that. That okay, okay. Because there's a great, there's one genuinely hilarious scene in the Happy Time Murders. Oh God, what's her name? Melissa McCarthy mm-hmm. and whoever her puppet partner is. Go like to like a, a motel because they're looking for somebody, and they walk in, and Melissa McCarthy's going around to like every room, being like, "Hello," because like the motel's empty, and they open a door, and it's like a child sitting like in the corner, and it's like, "Okay, what's what's gonna be wrong with the child?" Because Melissa McCarthy like slowly like inches toward them, it's like, "It's okay, you can come with me," and of course, it's it's a puppet, and the puppet like turns around. It has like one eye because it's like inbred and just like lets out this like bellowing like screech. Okay. <laughs> and it's it's like the most like I remember laughing hysterically at that. <laughs> like I thought that was the greatest thing ever. Like the character just lets out this like banshee level screech. Nice. Yeah. I get behind that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like that's really the only part of the movie I remember. That wasn't like in the trailers. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Can I was a scene like in all the trailers of like the puppet like jizzing everywhere? Yeah, and it, and it goes on for like ever, and that's just like yeah, I think I sexual. saw I think I saw that before something like in a theater, or I saw it before like a YouTube video that trailer, and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> like who is this for? Who wants to see this? Who who thinks they want to see this? Well, the thing about like, and I guess it's applicable here, like with puppet humor, is that they they brought back Crank Yankers on Comedy Central. Oh my! I forgot to when I was in Pittsburgh <laughs> not too long ago, and uh, I was at the hotel. I was like flipping through the channels, and Crank Yankers was on. I was like, "What the fuck? They're playing Crank Yankers at like three p.m. on Comedy Central? What what, what year is this?" <laughs> Well, yeah, they brought. The, yeah, that's what I thought too. Because a couple months ago, like a month ago, when they brought it back, I'm like, "What is this? They're bringing it back?" And it's not even the first time they brought Crank Anchors back. They brought that back on MTV too, like ten years ago, and it didn't really oh. last that long. Okay. And uh, but no, they brought it back, and it's pretty much all the exact same people. Like it's uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla, Sarah Silverman, Jim Dang. Florentine. And as I was, because I, I don't think we ever talked about it on the podcast i think we talked about it off mic is it like i worship the ground crank anchors walked on when it first started like i yeah. love that show and as i was re-watching it and i kind of found it oddly surreal that like 
God, 16 years later, I'm kind of in the exact same spot I was. It's like there's, there's something so weird about that. It's kind of like going back to like a, like an old high school or something where it's like, oh my god, like I stood here how many years ago, yet it feels like nothing has changed. And it's just like it's kind of like that moment you have to kind of like wrap your head around being like, oh god, things like everything changes yet nothing changes at the exact same time. Yep. And while I was watching Crank Yankers, because one of the best puppets on that show was Elmer voiced by Jimmy Kimmel, him being like the older puppet. And they had a segment with Elmer. It was the first segment of the the new revival with Elmer. And he's calling a, I forget, I think he's calling a party city wanting like balloon animals or something. And the whole time in the background of the party city, however, he's asking some like stupid questions. And in the background, we see two pinatas like chasing each other in the background. And there's like, and this is all, it has nothing to do with the conversation. Mm-hmm. But this is what ties into Thanksgiving in the sense that it's irreverence used as set dressing because as Elmer's talking to the party city clerk and, and they're having their uh, crank conversation, the two pinatas are just doing their thing in the background. And at one point, one of the pinatas mounts the other one, starts humping it. And then like we, and we cut back to Elmer and he's doing his thing. Then we cut back to party city and we see the two pinatas kind of hopping around again. Then we see one of the, pia- the pinatas just start to shake and a baby pinata comes out of it. <laughs> nice. It's like, oh, like it doesn't have anything to do with the crank call. Zero. Yeah. But it's puppet shenanigans used as set dressing. And I'm like, that's perfect. I'm like, you've cracked the code on how to make the background dressing just as entertaining mm-hmm. and complement what the crank call is all about. And yet you look at Thanksgiving and we have all this just irreverent stuff just because somebody found it funny on set. Yeah, it loses a lot of it. Whereas crank yangers could keep it in that simplicity, in that background foreground type of idea. That's that's all you need. Yeah. Sometimes less is more. You got yeah, especially, yeah. And especially that sort of principle applies to things that are more like absurd and irreverent. Because the crazier you get, you got to you can't overdo it because it becomes easier and easier of slipping down the slippery slope. Exactly. That what you just said is exactly how I felt and made me think of. I don't know if Zach's ever seen it. Kung Fury. Have you heard of this? Is that the it's the Hitler one? Like the guy goes back to, to like stop Hitler. No, I've not like heard hacks of time. Like I, I remember when this came out, I think it popped up on Netflix one like a few years ago. And and some of my buddies were like, oh, my God, you have to watch this. You're going to love it. And I watched it. And it's it's short. I think it's like 30 to 40 minutes or something. And it's stylistically, it, it's very intriguing. But it is exactly as you describe. It is so over the top insanity that I look at it and it's sensory overload. Like I didn't enjoy it because it was just, you know, so much nonsense. Like that's the movie where, you know, I think Hitler comes in riding on a, a T-Rex at a certain point. Oh. And it's like, oh. that, that's that, of course, that by mo- itself. Of course that movie, Rob. But there's so much else going on. It's like, it's like, what is this? Like, this is too fast. Less is more. That's a, a great way. And I, I think Thanks Killing doesn't hit because I love Thanks Killing 3. I dislike Kung Fury because there's that difference in the balance. Like, if you're looking for something, Zach, that's even more sensory overload than this, I would suggest Kung Fury. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> Hitler riding a T-Rex, uh, sure, I'll put that on the short list. Yeah, someone hacks time. Why not? Uh, it, it, was, it was not good when I watched it. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> time heist? Not as good as a time heist. <laughs> <laughs> Die hard? I need my time GPS unit. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Stark can can create time travel 
in an evening, but he can't figure out how to work a dishwash, a, what, a sink hose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all, oh god, folks, everything comes back to Avengers Endgame. But yeah, though, puppet shenanigans, though. Like, yeah, I, I've always been partial to uh, puppet shenanigans nonsense. Now, I do think that like my favorite element of Thanks Killing 3 is the Yomi character. Because mm-hmm. it is nice to have that kind of like grounded character that's not cynical or just like cracking a joke every 10 seconds. Yeah. And even toward the end, like, I don't want to say I was getting emotional because I wasn't. But like when Yomi kind of gets like sucked into the vortex, you do feel a little ping of sadness being like, oh, this was the only like genuinely innocent character in all this. Definitely. definitely. I do. I do think there's like that's where this I think thanks killing is just too much of a uh, schlocky. It's so bad. It's good. Like horror film. Whereas this is this isn't that it's it's a completely separate genre and it's, I'd say this is more all again like we keep joking about what to classify this as but I think it's a completely separate genre from Thanks Killing like it's almost oh yeah I'm trying to think of another like movie where like the genres change that much I guess it's like another like a Terminator you go from horror to action adventure yeah 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 that's Even, a, it's definitely got that feeling we're not you know in those same genres but the first and the third in this case are completely separate exactly all right folks i'm going to lay it out for you imagine term imagine the difference between thanks killing and thanks killing three is like terminator terminator 2 if terminator 2 was like wonder chosen <laughs> there you go we figured it out for you <laughs> bing bang boom let's go home early rob <laughs> we can close the restaurant early today close, closing lock, early folks lock all those people and employees in there when we go home <laughs> Oh boy. But yeah, uh Thanks Killing Three, it's I don't know. It's it's I, I wish I had I could be a little have a firmer grasp on it, but I unless I watch it a bunch of times. Yeah. And this is gonna be a fun one to discuss in the late night conversation part, because I have no idea who this movie is for besides you and I. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was getting, thinking also. But it's cl- like who would who would want this other than us at this point? <laughs> but it also raised a hundred thousand dollars on Kickstarter, so clearly we're yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. So okay, I guess before we jump into that, uh, there were some other scenes I wanted to highlight because they were great. <laughs> so I I just want to highlight the entirety of Turkey and his family in in like the sitcom home where there's paintings on the wall, there's doilies on the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that whole scene. When I first watched this, and that's where like the movie kind of opens, I was just like, oh god, like this is this is amazing so far. And I especially love his kid, Nibla, because the kid and the kid's voice is just like, are we gonna go be evil now, Dad? <laughs> be evil with your papa. Uh, uh, evil? Uh, I can be evil. The, the him with the fa- like the domestication of him, like yes. in the family. He's wearing a white a wife beater at, when we first see him. 
Oh yeah, no, it's great. And then like he kind of like gets mad and walks away. Oh, it's delightful. I, I love that part. Like that part was really on board. I'm like, oh, because we had the like, we didn't talk about the very beginning. The very beginning pretty much plays out the exact same way as the first Thanksgiving does. Instead of it being a pilgrim, it's tits and ass of a female astronaut. Yes, it's an it's an a space suit with breast cutouts. Yes. <laughs> It's the exact same way the first film begins. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. I guess in, in the context of this movie, the, the very beginning is, is the little bit we get to see of Thanks Killing 2. Because I don't know if Zach remembers, but the end of Thanks Killing 1, when the turkey like comes back to life at the dinner table, he's like, you know, it's like next, he's like, I'll see you in space type of thing. And that's what Thanks to Killing 2 is, you know, Thanks Killing in space. And so that's the little bit we get to see of it. It starts almost the same exact way. Um, there's, there's pie, pilot, the pilot. <laughs> and then it's kind of like a co- cut into that great montage of just people burning the DVD copies of Thanksgiving too. It's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you, if you noticed it, but in that, uh, opening scene at the house, uh, when Turkey is like, I'm the wife beater watching TV and his family comes back, gets back home or the wife gets back home from the, the salon or whatever. Um, the news report that is talking about Thanks Killing 2 and about how they're burning all the copies, the news anchor describes Thanks Killing 2 as a mega-budgeted, kid-friendly sequel to the cult film. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not pick up on that. story everyone's talking about tonight, Thanks Killing 2 is no more. <laughs> You're watching News with a Z. A mega-budgeted, kid-friendly sequel to cult film Thanks Killing was announced over two years ago. But now, the first movie ever filmed entirely in space will never see the light of day. News with a Z. The result is quoted as being one of the worst movies ever made. Consequently, the studio has vowed to never release it. Maybe one day we'll experience the disaster that is Thanks Killing Do. But for now, this baby just got shelved. Shelved. So I love the fact that what we get to see of the movie is a female astronaut floating around in space. Her suit has breast cutouts. We, I guess we should also say the first shot is a close-up on a nipple. And then he, bl- Turkey blows her up in his turkey baster ship and says, Nice tits, bitch, in space. Like, says the words, in space. And this was supposed to be kid-friendly. I would love to see more of Thanks Killing 2. It's a bummer that we can't because all the copies are destroyed now. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh. They also say that the news anchor says that Thanks Killing 2 is the first film to be filmed entirely in space. So, you know, good, good for them, I guess. <laughs> but another thing I wanted to point out was one of the commercials uh, in between or right before or right after the, um, the news anchor report about Thanks Killing 2 there's a commercial for the gerbil convention, and the voice is like, come on down to the gerbil convention this Sunday. We got rat gerbils. We got turtle gerbils. And it cuts. Come on down to the gerbil convention. We got rat gerbils, turtle gerbils, Tuesday morning only. Nibla, you fucker! <laughs> like to turkey saying something to the wife? When it says rat gerbils, it shows an actual gerbil. When it says turtle gerbils, it shows a turtle. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know I thought why. That, that was hysterical. That you, is oh, that hysterical. Was, that, that's we got problem. rat gerbils. We got turtle gerbils. And that's it. I'm like, I want to see the rest of the commercial. <laughs> that I forgot about that. I thought, that's the problem with this dumb movie. This movie has some really, like, A-plus zingers. 
and they get lost. Oh, I remember that was great. I was laughing hysterically at that. Yep, yep. Then we get the commercial for the Pluckmaster from Uncle Donnie, which I'm bringing up because one, uh, the the opening line is like um, it's talking about you know like a, like an infomercial does, asking you asking the audience questions. Be like, do you do you have this problem with your food? Well, then buy our product. And this commercial for the Pluckmaster starts with a shot of a man and a woman who are like at a, a kitchen counter, like they're they're co- uh, attempting to cook something. And or maybe pluck a turkey, and the voiceover says, "Did you marry your wife not because of her cooking, but because she can fuck?" And then it goes on into like why you need the fuck master. But I, I forgot about yeah, that. That's a, that's a great line. But the other thing, the other la- layer to that is that when that line is said, the two people, the man and the woman in the commercial, they're the two main characters from Thanks Killing One. Oh, okay. And so that's like their cameo. And so I love that they throw it in there, one, with a great line for the Pluckmaster. And that's our introduction to Uncle Donnie, who's a great character. And it's the characters from our first one. That's their little appearance. It's great. Oh, look, look. oh my Neely. Are you tired of the hours it takes to prepare a turkey? Did you marry your wife? Not for her cooking, but because she can fuck. That's a great line. Did you marry your wife because she could fuck but not cook? <laughs> <laughs> I oh my god yeah that was that was oh god damn it movie I'm about to go back and read it's just gonna be like a wonder shows and work I complain yeah. about the entire episode I end up it ends up being like my favorite thing of all time oh yeah god oh, yeah. damn it it's it's good those one liners are great like I said I'm laughing so hard I uh, miss some jokes but when I I go back and rewatch it they're there oh it's awesome oh boy yeah so I I also wanted to highlight um Uncle Donnie's backstory. I think it's right when they meet Wise Turkey or right before they meet Wise Turkey, he explains how his family died, how his wife and his, and his son died. And so it's, we'll get the clip in here. There's one line that stands out to me every time I watch it, but basically. Rubbish, Donald. You ain't sorry. You, Donald, are one egotistical, prune juice drinking, scared punk ass old motherfucker. You're too scared of a turkey and you're too scared to get over your family. Hanging out with this little thing ain't gonna bring them back. You're just capping them even more. Phony bullshit that you are, Uncle Donnie. Is it true, Uncle Donnie? Do you have a family? I had a family. Once. It was a full moon over Highway 96. I just needed one more 50-pound barrel of stuffing for Pluckmaster to finish him off. Ah, Murphy's stuffing. It went so well with Gallagher gravy. I decided to send my wife and kid out. Thought it was the right thing to do. But do you know who else likes Murphy's stuffing? Wolves like Murphy's stuffing! Not only did the wolves get their stuffing, they got it with the side of wife and child! After that, I turned off Pluckmaster and never turned him on again. That bastard ruined my life. So I decided to build Thanksgiving land. A place I believe will bring others happiness. That I once had. 
Get off me! Stop it! He's finishing up the pluck master. He needs one more 50-gallon barrel of Murphy's stuffing. So he sends his wife and son out to like run to Murphy's stuffing store and get Murphy's stuffing. And he even says something like, I thought it was the right thing to do, like to tell his family to go get this stuff. And he has the fantastic line where he's getting all choked up and emotional. And he goes, you know, we had to get Murphy's stuffing because everybody loves Murphy's stuffing. Do you know who else loves Murphy's stuffing? Wolves love Murphy's stuffing. And he describes how his family was mauled by wolves because they were carrying a 50-gallon drum of Murphy's stuffing. Fantastic. Fantastic backstory. <laughs> that didn't click with me. That was kind of like, uh, my family died because I made them do something stupid. Wolves love Murphy's stuff. And it, <laughs> there is great payoff at the end because I think when like someone's, like Yomi's dying or one of the scenes where Yomi's like pass, or slipping into the void or something, like Donnie's like, I've learned my lesson. And he, he's like, I understand like it, it's not about just the pluck master and my job anymore. It's about family and blah, blah, blah. And he says the line to Yomi where he's like, I'll never send you out to get Murphy's stuffing. <laughs> <sighs> my search is over. But promise me you'll finish yours. I'll never send you out for stuffing. But I'll miss you, Uncle Donnie. Rhonda, you are the coolest earthworm from space that I've ever known. <laughs> that's, that stuff is good. That stuff, yeah. That get, I have to rewatch this. I'm, I'm going to have to rewatch this. Maybe next year when we do Thanks Killing the Musical, I'll do a recap. Okay, okay. Um, I, I really enjoy the, um, the password for Muff's Ass Vortex. Oh, nine, yeah. nine, 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 a bunch more nines, and then pound sign. Anyways, let's get this vortex started right now. Almost there, just gotta enter the password. pound sign. I especially love that scene because you see the worm tail hitting the dial pad and it is clearly pressing the seven button. <laughs> I like later on in the film when they're trying to figure out how to make it work and they're like, what was the code again? Yeah. And Yomi's like, it was a lot of nines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Right, right around a similar scene. I think it's when Rhonda worm, is getting off of Muff's shoulder and going onto Yomi's shoulder so they can go into turkey hell. God, that just sounds crazy when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a thing that happened that's, in this movie, folks. Yes, yes. There's, there's one shot. It's got to be like three to five seconds where Rhonda Worm is depicted by a hot dog. Do you remember this? No. There is it, 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 there's, it. It's it's the worm on the shoulder that we see. The worm saying something cuts to Yomi. Back to the worm and Muff. Cuts to Donnie. And oh you know, yeah, okay, I see it then, right now. Yeah, and it. then it's just a hot. It's a hot dog with the googly eyes and a little bit of like pubic hair on it. Yeah. What is what is this? <laughs> you were no better than I do, Rob. I, I have no. I I in the little bit I was reading about this, it, I found a source that said that. There was like a bunch of issues with the worm puppet, 
like they're like it got damaged a lot during production, so they had to switch it out, which is why it like looks different in a lot of scenes or from scene to scene. I don't know if this was like a joke because their puppets kept breaking, so they're like, let's just use a hot dog, or or there was some more joke to the hot dog. I I honestly don't know, but it baffles me every time I see yeah. this because it's so it's so quick, it's so jarring where you just see the, like a hot dog being held up behind somebody's shoulder and. <laughs> You know there's a dude's hand just behind what you can't see, and he's just shaking a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, I didn't pick up on that until you highlighted it. Fucking, one of my notes is all caps. Why is Rhonda Worm played by a hot dog, hot dog. in one scene? <laughs> the world may never know. Yeah, the world yeah. may never know. We, uh, we need to interview. When we run out of thanks-killing things to discuss, we'll start trying to get interviews for our holiday episodes. There we go, folks. We've got it figured out. I think the the last bit I wanted to highlight um, because it's it's one of like my I know it's been done in many places, but one thing it always makes me think of. I always love the joke for some reason. We get the scene where Yomi and Rhonda Worm are in Turkey Hell, disguised as turkeys because they have beaks on, and they're going to stop Turkey, i.e., not the country, from using the Thanks Killing Two DVD to curse the world and to kill everybody. And when they go to stop him, it's revealed that Turkey, i.e. not the country, has created Franken-Turkey, which is like a, a human-sized turkey. It's, it's, you know, I, I thought the first time I watched this that it was gonna, we're going to get a big showdown between Franken-Turkey and Muff because they're like the two big you know, brutes of mm-hmm. this. And it doesn't really play out that way, but when we are introduced to Franken-Turkey, Turkey, i.e. not the country, is like, Franken-Turkey, get them! And we get the joke where a created creature wants to change his name. And Franken-Turkey is uh, like, I don't want to be Franken-Turkey. I want my name to be Blarth. You know, like Blarth Brooks? Oh, no. Blarth Mall? And so, and Turk and no, Turkey, whoa, whoa. I... What? Wait, are you going to do the, the Aqua Teen reference that I think you're going to do? You know I am. <laughs> oh, no. I haven't I'm going to oh, call God. you the Enforcer. I don't want my name to be the Enforcer. I want my name to be Spaghetti. Spaghetti, fine, whatever. Go rape him. <laughs> <laughs> that is that stands out to me ever since I saw Hand Banana. That episode oh my God, Hand Banana. That is one of the funniest jokes. <laughs> Meet Hand Banana. Meet the Enforcer. I don't like that name. I want my name to be Spaghetti. Hand Banana. I want you to meet the Enforcer. I want my name to be Spaghetti. All right, Spaghetti. Whatever. I don't care. Just you know, just do what I tell you. <laughs> And that's when I watch this movie. I don't want my name to be Frank and Turkey. I want it to be Blarth. <laughs> oh my God, folks! I, I the moment he said that, like my I don't want my name, like immediately, yeah. like hundreds of memories, not dozens, <laughs> hundreds of hand folks. You don't know how like pivotal Ham Banana was back in high school for Rob. Oh, Ham Banana like, changed. That was a seminal moment. <laughs> oh, it was. Oh, I know it's good. Bell and rape. <laughs> He's not a boy anymore. He's a man. Because he just raped me. Do you think you could back that up? Listen to this guy. Could back that up. I got bruises to prove it. No, no, I mean that ass. Back it up. Yeah. Do you hear what he's saying here? Sounds like someone wants to get raped again. Come on, Carl. He hasn't even been here one day. How could he possibly learn the English language? See, all I know is ball and good and rape. Yeah, you know it well. I bend over for the remote and boom! 
Oh my god, that's Hamburg. still one of that one of my favorite episodes. Octane Hunger Force is still Ham Banana for sure. <laughs> I I this was a while ago. This might have been years now where like aqua team is on like at night and that was on i'm like oh no <laughs> oh no i recognize this episode like i, I couldn't recognize god i think the amount of aqua team episodes i've watched i can count on one hand and oh my god i saw that oh my god i forgot about that 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 episode also has one of the lines which is like the only one i can actually sometimes i've had success with i should say playing off of people because there's because a quick summary uh <laughs> Oh they God. they create a they genetically create a dog for Meatwad, but Shake's DNA gets in it, specifically DNA from his hand, because he puts it in Carl's swimming pool when they're creating the dog. So the dog looks like Shake's hand, and they call it Meatwad names it Hand Banana. Hand Banana can talk, but only Carl can hear him, and Hand Banana repeatedly I mean repeatedly, you know, Octon Hunger Force, <laughs> only like eleven minute episodes. I'd say like a good six minutes of this episode. It's just this hand banana dog thing raping Carl. <laughs> yeah. And it gets to a point where Carl, who doesn't want to be raped anymore, he decides his best course of action is to fill every orifice of his body with wacky glue. Because if his holes are glued up, he can't get raped. That's, if you, this must sound crazy for anybody that's not familiar with Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> and so uh, Carl does this, goes into the Aqua Teen's house, and he's like, I filled every orifice of my body with wacky glue. And Frylock says, why would you do that, Carl? And Carl goes, what? I said I filled every orifice of my body with wacky glue. And nobody knows this reference without the explanation. But there have been a handful of times where I've said to people, I filled every orifice of my body with wacky glue. And their response has been something along the lines of, why would you do that? <laughs> and I get to actually finish the quote. And... Nobody ever knows what it's from, but like, god damn, it's funny. <laughs> oh my god, Rob. Oh my god. I got a little present for your dog next time he shows up and tries to make unwanted sexual advances towards me. He's gonna get stuck, because I filled every orifice of my body with wacky glue. That's a stupid thing to do, Carl. What? I said I filled every orifice of my body with wacky glue. Hey, you want something to drink? I feel like my throat's kind of dry. I'll put a bunch of wagon glue in there. And now it's kind of close enough. Call 911. Who would have thought on this episode we'd do Crank Yankers, <laughs> Hand Banana? Oh my God. <laughs> These Thanksgiving episodes are blessings, folks. We go back into the uh, treasure trove of nostalgia on Cinematis. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. It's not Frank and Turkey, it's Blarth. It's not the Enforcer, it's Spaghetti. <laughs> All I know is good. Ball and rape. I what? This, I think the spaghetti line continues where he's like, I don't, I don't really feel yeah. like raping ham banana, but you though, you, you, you and me got an attachment. And he's like, Well, I make you out of the the tiny hairs that grow out of the bottom of my feet. And the and the Carl dog goes, Yo, you got those too. You're like the only person I know has that. I'm gonna rape you. <laughs> <laughs> Spaghetti, I want you to show Hand Banana the night of his life. There you go. There you go. Rape, rape him like he raped me. Do it. Do it. What are you waiting on? I'm not really that attracted to him. The hell do you mean you're not attracted to him? Go ahead and rape him. I don't know. I'm done with that. Something about you, though. It just seemed like we we click or something. Feels comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, yeah, well, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I... 
I did create you from some of them weird hairs, you know, that grow out of the bottom of my feet. Wow, I got those too. You're like the only other person that I heard of that got those. Hey, we got a lot in common here. I'm gonna rape you. No, please, spaghetti, no, no, please, spaghetti. No, it's great. Like I, a few times, I've gone back to that. Like I found, like I'm talking about, like maybe back in college, I'd go back and find that, sure. and I'd laugh at it. Though. But no, that is a, uh, ooh, that's a that's a callback, folks. Oh, that yeah. is okay. a uh, that's a callback to the capital C. Yep, ham banana is great. Still love Bible fruit. That episode. Oh, acting hungry. I like I. I've like oh god I never got into uh, Aqua Team but I loved the what was it Space Kataz oh yeah yep Space Kataz <laughs> no we're not going to eat our own farts that they they have a great part in the um, Emery and Oglethorpe those two aliens yep. with the corners they have a great part in the movie as well because Frylock goes back in time to stop the um, the Insano Flex from being created, and they think it was Emery and Oglethorpe that created it. So they go back in time to when they're in college, and Frylock is like quickly realizing that you know they're just like frat boys partying, and they they couldn't have been the one to invent the Insano Flex. But as he's discovering this in their dorm room, Frylock picks up a book, and the book says like the cover of the book says remedial verbs. And, and he's like, are you in this class? And he goes, yeah, but I don't like it because it's too hard, so I don't go and stick it to the man. Sup, <laughs> <laughs> bro? You want the hacky sack? Can we just kill him? Yeah, do it, seriously, because I get straight A's if he gets killed. Remedial verbs? You're studying that? I say speak to the hand of that class. I'm not getting up at 11 in the morning. In order to create that Insanoflex, you would have had to have an advanced knowledge of biogenetics and robot hydrorhythms. Do you, or...? See, I learned how to help Timmy find his nuts. Please let me kill him. Remedial verbs. One, that as a concept is hilarious, and then thinking that class is too difficult. <laughs> is it wrong when you were saying that I could actually hear it in the voice? Is it wrong that I could hear it in the voice? No, that class <laughs> is too hard. No, it's, uh, that just means we're conditioned correctly. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so good. Oh, my God, I, lo I love them. Oh yeah, okay. I haven't like watched when Space you hear, forever. When you hear their voice, you should hear it in their voice. Uh, when anybody ever says "Good news, everyone," you should hear um, the voice from Futurama, Billy Billy Lee. Uh, and then you know, every time you hear the word "annihilation," you should hear the musical sting. It's, just, <laughs> uh, it's the conditioning that we do here on the podcast. <laughs> Even if it's not talking about the film, if you just hear the word, I, I, oh, yeah. we're, try, we're trying to condition our audience to do things, to uh, bring about a new world order based on how Cinemati sees the outlook of the future, right, Rob? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I guess, and yeah, even, I, I don't think I told Zach this, but when I was hanging out with people in Pittsburgh not too long ago, we were talking and one of them was like, have you ever seen the movie Annihilation? <laughs> And my immediate response was, blah, 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 blah. And then followed <laughs> it up with, clearly you don't listen to my podcast. <laughs> because that's become like the, the most successful running joke we have. <laughs> I, I guess we should mention too, like we'll get into it maybe next month with our series, which we might, or which we might have, oh God, I don't know. Did we say last week? Are we going to say what our next series is? We should we probably saying... do it on this episode because oh, I, okay. think, I think that we had a time last week. <laughs> okay. So I guess with next month's the series, Rob and I want you to do something because we all know everybody signed up for this very specific uh, streaming service that was started being available in the last couple of weeks. And whenever you're not watching it for whatever the hell you want to watch, there's a very specific other movie we want you to turn it to whenever you're not home. <laughs> 
But we'll get like, more into that next month. Yes, definitely. But and when we say tune into it whenever you're not home, like if you're stepping out for the day, like say you're going to work, you got a nine to five, something like that. Right before you leave for work, you got to start playing this and put it on loop. So it's playing all day, <laughs> every day, all day, every day, folks. all day, every day. E major. All day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Rob, some more recaps from uh, Thanks Killing Three. No, I think uh, I think that was everything I had. I guess with the just the one question, um, I didn't tell you about it, so I don't know if you if you sat through it. But there is a post credit scene. Yes, did you? I did. Okay, okay. With Lois. Uh, yep, that's going to be I think what we play in reverse later on. But I just wanted to make sure you saw it. I, I do I love that that scene. <laughs> And I'm an old fucking rapper Me and Birdie B, we tear it up and nap We got a three-prong glass of Gangsta Merlot Cause we be Gangsta Hanks and that's what Gangsta Hanks do Boom, shaka laka, ain't that what they say? I got a clock with your name on it every day Discount at McDonald's, I'd like me a McChicken There's a hole in my box that you could stick a dick in I'm a bingo queen, don't you ever forget I'm like B-I-N when I go spit Hairy and black, I like them big like King Kong Pull my diaper to the side and just stick it. Stick it, stick it. Snow No EDM uh, music uh, music video? No, I, I like Floatus better. The EDM stuff is kind of, the third one, like, started to grate on me, where I was like, oh, God. Like, I love the opening credits scene with the, like, the um, the people in the hazmat suits burning the DVDs. The first fight scene isn't bad, but then I'm just like, oh, oh God, please. Like, I, I understand you remixed the Thanksgiving theme and are very proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. So yeah, if nothing else, I think we're ready for um, our questions. Oh, I guess I will say now, uh, as we've alluded to, in my re- last year, in my research for the first Thanksgiving, that's when I found out that there was Thanksgiving three. So that led the way to this year. This year's research led me to find that there was Thanksgiving the musical, and the soundtrack is available. So I think that's what we'll be discussing for next year's Thanksgiving episode. Oh Thanksgiving my God. episode. <laughs> so it's oh going strong. It's going strong, you oh. know? Just tune in every Thanksgiving for your favorite Cinemodities Evil Turkey discussions. <laughs> I guess we should point out, too, that both Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving 3 are both available on YouTube for free. So mm-hmm. if you are so inclined to check out this film, there's really nothing stopping you other than uh, your own willpower. Yeah, yeah. I think there also is a two disc or two uh, DVD box set of both. Maybe oh not two god. disc, but you know. Oh my god! Rob. <laughs> oh my god! Oh boy! All right, Rob. Cinemati and/or late night movie. Okay, I am gonna go with a yes to Cinemodities. I love this as a follow up to Thanks Killing. I think it does everything that I want from a, a sequel or a, a a trequel, whatever you want to call this, trequel. Um, this this is great. It's good fun. It has its issues, but they're not enough to take away a cinemodity status for me. Uh, I think really for all the also the reasons I said for Thanks Killing last year. Great premise, weird schlockiness, hilariousness. It checks off all the boxes. As for late night, I'm 
I was, I'm with you, Zach. Like, who is this for? But I'm going to go with yes for late night because I think this goes back to the uh, the OG late night rules for me. This is something I would want to show somebody when I have them in my clutches. Uh, this is, is something. Movie. This is a clutches one. This is something where it's like, you know, you either have to incept somebody as to why <laughs> they'd want to watch it, or just force <laughs> them to watch it. And Did you just say incept? Incept? Yeah. <laughs> is that not the proper conjugation? I is just it like inception. The, somebody? I, no, no I, no. I don't have a problem with the with the conjugation. I just find it fascinating that it's a verb. To incept somebody, it's a it's a <laughs> condensed term to like brainwash someone into watching some form of media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the uh, the verb, the action word. <laughs> All right, inception would be the act of it. Yes. Uh, okay. So yeah, I think late night. Uh, like I was saying, it, it's a clutches movie. You'd either have to incept or convince someone they want to see it, or force them to do it. And my uh, brute force skills are better than my inception skills. I must say so. Damn. Ludovico technique. Here we here it comes. Oh Get those God. eye droppers ready <laughs> for Thanksgiving three. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm just, gonna say I'm gonna say yes to both. I too imagine we'll hear Rob on the news like in a few years, being like local mayor arrested for forcing people to watch movies against their will. Like the, like the camera crew goes inside and sees like a giant like uh, like repurposed dentist chair that has straps. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And Rob's file footage is like from the podcast. It's one. It's the one with him wearing the jack o' lantern mask from Halloween. Like file footage, local Colorado man. <laughs> He's wearing wearing the silver shamrock mask. That's gonna be that's gonna be great, you know. And just like years from now, after I'm arrested and I have <laughs> life with no parole for forcing people to watch weird movies, that they're gonna go back. There's gonna be like those uh, making a murderer type shows about me, and they'll be like, "There's there's hundreds of episodes of this podcast that he was on." The signs were there. We just didn't want to listen. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Yep. Spot on, folks. Spot on. All right. Uh, I agree with Rob. Cinemonity, of course. Uh, the whole idea of doing a number three after a number two and the rationale as to why there's no number two is great. Yes. Um, and I agree with Rob that a bunch of the things, too, that the, like some of the elements that don't really click in this film do detract from it, but not enough for to disqualify it from being a Cinemonity. As for late night movie, I... Going like much like how Rob said, using the litmus test of if I had a captive audience, why ever show this to them? A the insane amount of context mm-hmm. required to explain this to an audience, and never yeah. mind that people like us are on board with it, are having a hard time tracking what's going on. Um, to the uninitiated, it would be a nightmare. You might as well just hit them in the face with a brick. That's a good get- point because I think last year I said you, the way I found out about the first thanks killing was just group of guys in a dorm room flipping through Netflix, you find the title, Thanks Killing. The tagline says, Evil Turkey Returns on Thanksgiving to Kill. Boom, you're sold. If you don't have that foundation, how do you sell, like we said at the start, Thanks Killing 3? So I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I as a late night movie, I this would be this would be a climb. This okay. would be a climb to get there. Um, so it's going to be a no for me, dog. So if you're saying if someone did successfully use this as a late night movie, they would get like, an experience bonus because it's so difficult to use achievement unlocked perfect perfect there's walkthroughs on youtube how to do it (laughs) (laughs) it's called this podcast Um, all right rob i would imagine your your list of snacks is probably a mile high 
I got I got some snacks. I got some snacks. But I, I did also, before we get off Cinemodities and Late Night, I don't know if you went, because you said earlier that you only listened to some of our Thanksgiving episode from last year. I don't know if you went back into the spreadsheet, but I did want to point out to you and our audience <laughs> that in the Cinemodities portion, um, was it Cinemodities or, or Late Night? I think it was Cinemodities. Uh, in the that portion of the spreadsheet for Thanksgiving, oh, it was Late Night, my apologies. Zach's answer is yes, but no one should ever watch this movie. <laughs> I really, I really liked that 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 got in there. Yeah. So verbatim, it's yes, and then in parentheses, but he suggests you never watch this. <laughs> I think, I think that's my recommendation for a lot of movies on Cinemodies. Yeah, yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> I, I feel like it's kind of like what are Zach's likes, his dislikes. It's like that's that's kind of what it is. It's like. It's this weird sort of like contrarianism. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yep. Yeah, other than that, I'm ready for snacks. Um, the snacks I I drew a lot from this movie because we have a lot of food, and I guess where I wanted to start with the snacks was discussing something that we didn't bring up in the discussion of the movie. Um, the motivation for Donnie and Jefferson is that they want to build a theme park called Thanksgiving Land. Oh, yeah. So, of course, once that comes up, how can we not discuss taking aspects of Thanksgiving land and, you know, working them into our restaurant? Of course, Murphy's stuffing. We have to have some Murphy's stuffing, possibly some wolves in the Murphy's <laughs> stuffing dish. Um, in the in the uh, discussion of Thanksgiving land, Jefferson talks about the gravy train, the gravy river, which you can float on, apparently, but you can't dip your food into. Love that idea. And Zach, one stood out to me, the yam tram. <laughs> I've never heard the yam. Yeah, everybody's heard gravy train before. You know, I think that's a common common phrase or saying or whatever you want to call it. But yam tram, I was not familiar with the yam tram. And I don't know if Zach remembers or he listened to that far in the episode, but I got quite excited at the concept of yams in our reference last year. Do you recall this, Zach? No, Rob, I do the not. The yams. We're going to have a tram for the yams, Zach. You can't veto this. I think this is this is like my golden bullet. We need <laughs> oh, the need yam tram. The tram have, for the yams. But we have the uh, condiments train from Nothing But Trouble. Well, this is, I'm thinking this is going to be like. The caboose? No, no, no. I'm thinking this is going to be a, a, a train the size of that train oh. from Dr. Sleep that Ewan McGregor conducts. Oh. Like that the kids can ride on. <laughs> but it is just filled with, with yams. yams. And so it's kind of like the condiment train where, you know, you have to wait for the train to come around to get your condiments. This is like, it goes all throughout the restaurant, the all infinite void of it. And this is where you get yams. It's like, it's like the peanuts at the bar. It's like, you know, something like that. It's the yam tram, the tram for the yams. I'm so excited about the yams, Zach. How do you feel about the yams? So, so Rob, so, so. Do you like yams in, re in reality? I do not, Rob. Okay, I like yams. Okay, good for you. The yam tram. Yam tram. Yams. Hey kids, Rob is about to play some music for you. Specifically, the song You Are My Sunshine by the Flatbush Zombies. If you are familiar with last year's Thanksgiving episode, I am choosing to play this song because if you take the initials of that title, you get yams.
lie, I stopped getting high Once we lost yams, I was there the night he died He was blue coal in my hands Ain't been the same since that day, god damn You was a prophet, you was a king You was a visionary, you formed more than a mob You made you a military, you always supported Missed your funeral, I wasn't mad enough to see you in the coffin But I give you this offering and hope that you forgive me Cause truthfully in my eyes you was king of the city I know you smiling down, sharing backwards with Biggie No lie, I stopped getting high once we lost yams I was dead the night he died, he was blue cold in my hands Ain't been the same since that day, god damn You was a prophet, you was a king You was a visionary, you formed more than a mob You made you a military, you always supported Miss your funeral, I wasn't man enough to see you in the coffin But to you I give this offering and hope that you forgive me Cause truthfully in my eyes you was king of the city I know you're smiling down, sharing a bag with your biggie Rocking the Leah Boulder, taking the tab with Jimmy Pimping with Sweet Jones, go grilling with ODB in the studio Trying to fight tears and shit I just wish my nigga Yams was here to hear this shit He in the clouds, angels braiding his hair and shit Just looking down like God, you hear this shit? I hope we make you proud Cause we next up at the mound And I'ma always strive and prosper until the world is ours I hope we make you proud Cause I'm next up at the... Yams, you are my sunshine. <laughs> I'm glad you missed it when I said that last year, so I'm glad you picked up on this one. Uh, so, the other thing that I have for snacks um, goes directly to Jefferson being the head of security of Thanksgiving Land. I don't think this is something we've discussed before. But security, but the con- yeah, the concept. I was going to se- say that. Perfect. And so I think we might be on the same page. We need some security. Maybe we can get further into the details of, you know, how to staff our security. But I think at this point, what I'm saying is the weapon that we give to our security people are long pikes. You read my mind, Bob. You read my mind. So the question I have for you then is, do we only let them use long pikes? Or do we also supply, like, tasers and nightsticks and stuff like that? Or do we say, like, you have to only use a long pike for security? I'm going to say, after all, and just get broomsticks and we tape uh, butter knives to them. <laughs> so we're, we're going to do like the, the shoddy Jefferson version of oh, the long yeah. pikes for everybody? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, Low cost. I feel, I feel I'm okay with that. Low cost. You know, we, we give the guys, it's, um, what are they, you know, security theater, as they call, some people call TSA. It's not really making anything more secure. It just gives the illusion of security. That's what I feel our security force with long pikes would do. <laughs> Because I've honestly, people would see the broom handles with butter knives taped to them, 
And they would be like, you know, are these the people that go around and butter my toast type of thing? Um, like, you know, the waiters that have the, the pepper mills and stuff like that. So I think it does just enough. I like your idea. It just does just enough to dehumanize or demoralize our security staff. What do you think? I like it. Because that was my then, idea, so. as everybody knows, when you have a demoralized security staff, it opens itself up to corruption. <laughs> now, I'm thinking specifically of jails where, you know, the guards are corrupt, but I can't imagine that, well, well, there's probably an interesting story in there where a security guard gets so, of the restaurant, gets so disenfranchised that they make deals with the customers somehow. <laughs> I don't know how that would work out for either of them, but that's where I'm imagining this is going. <laughs> that's good. That's good. The last snack I had, Greenies String Cheese. Oh, boy. Because in the middle of a fight scene with Turkey, i.e. not the country, well into this movie, like it's got to be in the last half hour this occurs, there is just a random commercial for Greenies String Cheese thrown in. String cheese. Kids is loving it. Greeny string cheese. Are you ready for a delicious snickety snack? This ain't none of that farm-raised cow crap. Greeny's here is 100% lab-made, so fuck you. Greeny string cheese. Do it! It's not as good as Machismo from Freaked, which Machismo is like the the top tier of fake commercials. Do you like being a man? Do you like cheese? This is still pretty good. I think this is more jarring because they have the whole Sky Daily thing to work in that commercial and freaked. This is literally like in the middle of a battle scene out of nowhere, and I, I don't understand why it's placed there. But I do like the fact that, you know, Greenie's String Cheese basically says, Greenie's String Cheese, not made with any of that farm organic crap. This is all grown in a lab, baby. <laughs> So Rob, you know, that's, you're forgetting perfectly. You're forgetting the the platinum tier fake commercials. Better than Machismo. Which ones am I forgetting? Cheddar Goblin. Cheddar, Cheddar Goblin is up there. Cheddar Goblin is up there. I would put that on par with Machismo. I love those two equally. I know, Rob. Well, the, does, the mo this, does Machismo have a goblin vomiting macaroni and cheese on children? No, but it has a muscular arm squeezing a can so hard that the cheese pops out of it. I don't know, Rob. Uh, it's, it's not a goblin puppet vomiting macaroni and cheese on a child. I, I, Come on, Rob. great in their own ways, okay? <laughs> What we well, say to that, that's what Zach and I say to our children. You're both <laughs> special in your own ways. <laughs> but Rob, one of them wasn't made by the creator of one, of too many cooks. True, true. One of them was made by the creators of the Idiot Box. There you go. <laughs> that was it. Those are my snacks: the uh, gravy train, the yam tram, the security 
the string cheese, Murphy stuffing with some wolves. Did you have anything other than the security? Well, I figured we probably could throw a muff in there. Probably, you know, we'll, we'll add the muff, the real life uh, suit of muff into the Cinematis restaurant. Ooh. More museum part of side yeah. things. I would, I think that would be good to have. I would also love to see the actual puppet of Flois. Like we, I don't think we highlighted it strongly enough. Oh, well. This really is grotesque. Yeah, it's 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 yucky to look at. It's very weird enough. It feels like early MTV esque. Yeah, that yeah, definitely. It has that it's a very unique vibe it gives me. Or maybe not unique, but it's a very um specific vibe. It feels like freaked. It feels like freaked level. That's a good point. Like the claymation at the opening credits, it makes me think of some of that stuff. It's definitely. very 90 it's very 90s-esque. Yeah, good old Flois. And her um her song or her mixtape is called Sprinkle of Wrinkle. <laughs> <laughs> also, one thing I like to add, uh, I know we have many slogans for the Cinematis restaurant. I think we have another one we have to steal from Thanksgiving. Or I'm sorry, Thanksgiving three is uh, so you hired your wife because she can fuck, but she can't oh. cook. <laughs> yes, yeah. that that is a. Oh, I see where you're coming from now, Zach. For the restaurant in the marketing. Yep. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Oh, I love that Cinematis restaurant. Come on down if you married your wife, not for her cooking, but because she can fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, there God. you go, folks. We figured it yeah, out. This, is, this has been just a full-on episode of insensitivity. There's a lot of oh, rape yeah. talk, too, earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much. And if anybody uh, sees this movie or reverses the flowest raps at the end, it's going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All righty, Rob. So you know how we're going to wrap up this episode, right? Lois by Sprinkle of Wrinkle. All right. But before then, what are we doing next month? So next month, I believe Zach is calling it Disney Awry. Is that still the case no, or is it changed? It's, it's been changed. Since. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's, it's still it's, Disney Awry in the spreadsheet. It doesn't matter. It's Disney, This is where it, I get my information from. <laughs> so, so clearly it matters to me. We are doing next month Disney. December plus. How do we spell that? I'm going to update the spreadsheet right now. All right. D I S C E M B E R, the plus sign. December plus. Okay. And in and this so month, what? The, we're getting the December by combination of Disney and December, right? Yes. Yes, Rob. Not like dissociation and December. <laughs> no, Rob. <laughs> or is that how it's going to play out with some of the stuff we want? If you're not careful, Rob, we'll have another Monstober in December if you're not good. But folks, I don't think I can be good anymore. No, right? no. You're on probation. You're still on probation. You have the sketch comedy yeah, I, sport model. I guess we should say that's why this episode got – this technically was a Rob's choice, but it was chosen a year ago. So it came yes. before probation. So so yes. we're good. You know, Zach's not uh, going back on his word, anybody. No, not at all. But yes, folks, he's still on probation. <laughs> um, no uh, uh, sending death threats to Rob and Spiriority record label saying that because he can't do a song because of a uh insert taylor swift controversy here <laughs> right on uh, but yes we're doing disney we're doing all sorts of disney stuff that actually because we have five mondays in december oh, yeah. two of those mondays are going to be really well one's gonna be a, a long long awaited cinematis topic that we've been hinting at well i've been hinting at for like the entire run of the podcast one of them is more just table setting for the entire month, but actually to show you that for your $7 a month, Disney's not giving you everything that they should. We're going to be talking about three Disney things that aren't on Disney plus. 
Old dog. So, no, not old dogs. Oh god, I did not. I when I sent that to you, I like scrubbed through it to remember what it was, and I think I had seen that, and I did not enjoy it. <laughs> Rob's interest evaporated quickly. I think I when I watched old dogs, I watched it. I put it on thinking it was going to be wild hogs. Oh, because I had remembered wild hogs for some reason. I was like, oh, I've never, never, yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, Martin I've never Lawrence. seen that. And then I put on old dogs and I was like, oh, I guess I'm watching this now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Things aren't on Disney Plus. What? You know, what the best part is that people are actually going into like the coding of Disney Plus and they're actually putting expiration dates on the stuff. Oh, God damn it <laughs> which is really funny considering the fact that everything on disney plus is owned by disney so it's mm-hmm. not like netflix or hulu or amazon where they're licensing all this stuff everything that disney has on there they can keep on there in perpetuity yeah yet they're not because they're jerks oh god so what they're gonna make it like a big revolving door of- yep yep hey Artific- we got this again we got this bag we got Art- this again artificial scarcity like they used to do back like yeah. with the vhs movies everything goes back in the vault after like, like a year or two that's right that's right. Oh God, I think I think uh, I'm getting too ahead of myself. <laughs> We're getting too ahead of ourselves. This will be our discussion next next month, right? <laughs> yep. It'll be fun. All right. Folks. Yep. Disney Disney stuff. Welcome to the world of Zach choosing things. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, folks. And look that forward isn't to Monstober. That isn't Monstober or the 18 series or uh, the Terminator series or the Avengers series. <laughs> See, folks, aren't you glad he's on probation? Double secret probation. <laughs>